right, back, episode 35. Missing Chris in action again. Um, done a couple of solo podcasts recently, but today I do have a guest, close friend of mine and sometimes training partner, personal trainer, beautician, high rocks athlete, well, first high rocks competitor, first time high rocks competitor. Um, so welcome, Radia. Hello. So... Yeah, we'll um, we'll get into a little bit about High Rocks a bit later on, but I thought we'd start with, I know you're a personal trainer. How did you get, in, get into PT? Because you've had a, um, a beauty salon for 25 years or so, right? That's right, yeah. Um, I got into PT when um, I've always been into fitness since I was really young, so I always loved fitness. And uh, I started being a, an instructor, a body attack instructor. And from that, I just um, decided to become a personal trainer. So, yeah, just wanted to um, concentrate on uh, training clients, like one-on-one. And, yeah, so that's how I got into it. So clearly for people out there listening, you have an accent. Um, yes. So you're French, obviously. That's right. Obviously I'm from France, yeah, from Nice. So tell us a little bit about your sporting background when you were younger. The fact that you said you've always been into fitness. What sort of sports did you play growing up? So I used to um, do lots of athletic. Well, I was in an athletic club, so just long, like 400 meter run. Oh, so you were a track and, runner? Yes, yes. Nice. And also high jump. So that was my 40. And, uh, but I did used to, you know, play soccer, handball, basketball. I did a bit of, touch a bit of everything. Tennis, horse riding. Wow, that's a mixed bag. (laughs) So, but, you know, I really liked doing like, I was always, you know, much, much more interested in doing athletic. So 400 runs and high high jump. So, And when... When did your when did you stop running track? <clears throat> uh, I stopped running track when I was sixteen. Yeah. Okay, so when quite I was young. 16. What, what yes, made yes, you give quite... up the track? Oh, you know, like I would just wanted to concentrate more on my uh, study, and I was, you know, I didn't realize that. I mean. To run track and to uh, get into it, you really have to just give yourself, have yourself 100%. And I think I would just, you know, not really, didn't really realize that I had, I was naturally good at what I was at my run. And I was more interested in just like, you know, concentrating on my study and my friends and, you know, a bit of immaturity there, I guess. Yeah, I regret a little bit, but it happens okay. to a lot of us. I was a bit the same with playing football. I got yeah. um, sidetracked a little bit with not so much my because I left school so young, but I started to work, so I started to make money. Um, and then all of a sudden, I realised more I worked, the more money I could make. I was only sixteen, so that took me away from that as well. Um, well, it's interesting that you've never gone back to track. It's uh, I think you'd probably do quite well in masters given your current training regime and some of the things you've done. So fast forward, you move out to Australia at some point um, in your 20s. You move into the beauty space and then Mm -hmm. you open up your own beauty salon. And then you still have the salon, correct? That's right. 
how many days a week do you do you work at your salon? Five days a week. And the PT uh, on top of that, or yeah. So I train client in the morning from five thirty, and then uh, to like eleven a.m. And then I go to the salon and those after clients at the salon. So it's a good balance because it's for me like it's health and beauty as well. And we all need like you know to be in good shape, but also to look after you know our like you know skin and stage of mind, and you know having massage is important. Looking after your skin is important. Having so a do you have any clients that, Do you have any clients that you train and have them as beauty clients as well? Yes, yes, you have I crossover? do. Crossover. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. interesting, right? So yeah, it's a good balance. It's a good balance. So you went back at some point in time. Obviously, um, I won't disclose to people out there your age, but you're obviously uh, um, you're not 25 anymore. Um, no, but you went back and did. PT when you were a little bit older and then have started to take that, I suppose, a bit more serious. Um, how many clients or how many times a week do you train people at the moment? Is that an everyday job for you? or? So I train clients six days a week, Monday to Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, so like from 5.30 to, you know, like 11 o'clock every day in the afternoon as well after work. Um, yes, and I also have my own training so you know i'll train myself as well which is important and what do you normally train in the mornings or afternoons when do you do your own training and we'll, no. we'll get into about your own training in a moment yeah so my own training or you mean clients no you know your own training yeah when my, do you own fit tra- that in? my own training i train in the afternoon so okay. i always find i always find a gap in the afternoon because you know it's your meet time it's important and plus you got to keep your fitness up as you get older, you know, you've got to be stronger, in fact, than when you were younger and to keep it up and to, you know. Yeah. And what is your your own personal weekly training currently look like? So so I usually make have a mix of strength and cardio. So I usually like to do high-intensity training. So I spend about 45 minutes at the gym. And uh, I do my high intensity training, so usually I'll do a bit of Tabata training as well. So 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for example, I love skipping for my cardio, so I skip. Then I do uh, some weight training. I, um, well, I'll go on a treadmill and go for a run. So yeah, I just I just I just like make sure I vary. So I don't always do cardio and I don't always do strength. And I try to have a rest in between days as well to help not to recover. Muscle For recovery sure. is very important. And you competed in your first Hyrox event last year. Yes, yeah, I competed in myself. Yeah, so the first time Hyrox when you don't know well when you never done it. You learn from, you know, from what you, the way you should be doing the second time around. So the mistake I made last year is, um, well, I didn't have a really good meal plan on a day. So I didn't hydrate properly. I didn't eat properly because I didn't want to be full before I run. I didn't want to drink too much before I run. So, um, 
uh, ended up having a bit of cramp. I was doing really well, but I ended up having a bit of cramp on uh, maybe number 5K run. And I tried to, you know, I was pushing it through. And then my last care, fortunately, I had to stop. But I didn't give up, which is good. But it took me about 14 minutes to do the last care, which was pretty, like, you know, was a bit disappointing, but I finished it. So this time around, I will know what to do. You need to hydrate. You need to, it's very important. You need to eat properly beforehand as well. And um, yeah, so I think this time around, I will be doing better. Let's so hope you say, anyway. You say this time around, so clearly you're planning to compete again in Australia this time. I'll just quickly backtrack a little bit for... Um, my very small number of listeners out there. We, High Rocks was first in Australia last year, so it was the first event and it was brand new. It was brand new, I think, to a lot of people. And I think even though I've started to dig into High Rocks a bit deeper and, you know, I've even started a newsletter and so forth about it for people that know about it. Um, but I still feel like most people are still trying to figure out how to train for High Rocks. This crossover between high threshold running, you know, having for the best athletes in the world that are running three-minute K pace at their high rocks events and then having to go straight to really high intensity ski ergs or burpee broad jumps and stuff like that. I don't know that everyone, anyone's really figured out the, the amount of training yet. And I heard something interesting during the week, which, um, you know, a lot of people keep asking high rocks athletes, oh, what's your, be- your maximum bench press and your maximum squat and your maximum deadlift? And I've come to realize it doesn't matter whatsoever how much weight you can bench press, squat, or deadlift. Um, the heaviest thing you have to do on the day is a sled push. And I think as long as you can push the sled, it doesn't matter. And there's a, a new athlete at the moment, um, and his name just escapes me. He's just come third in the Austrian, uh, the Vienna Games the other week. And he's come from a total running background. His first high rocks, I think he did a 110, and now he's doing 58 minutes. Um, nope. And he could hardly move the sled. His first go at high rocks, it took him 10 minutes on the sled. Um, really? And now he's doing like, you know, three to four minutes. So my mind's changed completely about how much strength training you have to do. I think it's more about having a, a big endurance base, a big cardio base. So That's right. backpedaling, first high rocks in Australia last year. I think it was new to everyone. Um, I was at the event. I got caught out as well, I think, with uh, – I stopped and hydrated at the stations. I know you chose not to. Um, I found it really hot in the venue and the perspiration coming out of my body was just starting to dehydrate me so badly. Um, I didn't cramp because I did take a lot of uh, electrolytes in the morning on the lead up and I was sipping all the way out to the event and I ate quite healthily in the morning as well. So um, so you're on to your, your next high rocks. Um, what's, the, what's the areas you feel that apart from the preparation, um, the food preparation, which I think you'll be – um, obviously a lot better at that next time. What are some of the areas you think or feel that you need to improve on? Well, uh, what I've worked out with high rocks is you have to have a good uh, endurance. Like you got a, it's all about the run. If you get a good time in your run and um, you can keep up the same pace and be able to, yeah, if you like, you know, now I just like, think if I have a good injury, I've got a good endurance, I'm good with my run, I think I should, yeah, I should be fine this time. So that's what I'm trying to improve. Because the pushing, the pulling, and 
you know, skiing and the rowing and all that, it's manageable. It's more the run. If you get, you want to get a good time, I think if you have a good run, then you will be fine. Yeah, I, I do agree. How did you personally feel with what they're terming compromised running? How did you personally feel going from pushing the sled and running straight away or um, the burpee broad jump and the, the lunges? And I'll just comment a little bit from my end that um, I really struggled going from the burpees to the run and the lunges to the run. They both caught me out. I was actually, for me personally, I was on track. I set myself these particular targets. I was running 540 pace for each run. Um, 530, is what I aimed for, and my first four runs were perfect. I hit those burpees, and the rest of my world then just fell apart. Um, so how, how are you managing, or how do you find that compromised running? And is there any particular station that you are finding more difficult than others? Well, of course, uh, um, the burpee board jump, it's all on the legs. The run is on the legs, so... It- it is going to be very hard to, um, you're really going to feel it. Um, the only way, the only way to manage that, I think, is when you go for the run after the buffy board jump, is not, is try to just start a little bit slower to just recover. And then when you get, you know, your legs back to, I don't know, not normal because that can be, cannot be back to normal. Of course, you're going to see weakness and, you know, in pain um yeah that's that's i think you should be doing it like just start that set slow and then keep i and think, I think you that's should... a good point your body needs that little bit of time for recovery that's doesn't right. it? and i found for me personally again during my event um and it, you know we we're both in the same boat where it was our first event that i my heart rate just after every station just got higher and higher and higher to the extent I thought there's no way I can maintain this heart rate throughout the entire um, event. And as it turns out, my heart rate was, I think I averaged 174 for, you know, Mm. the whole race, which was pretty crazy given my age. Um, But I had to start to walk the first, um, you know, probably 100, 200 metres to bring my heart rate down. And I was literally checking my heart rate once it got down at least 20 beats then I would start again because I just wouldn't have made it personally. I just, my body wouldn't have actually coped. So I think it's really important. I think for what advice would you give somebody doing their first high rocks? You know, what would you tell just a brand new person, just the simple things to focus on or some things they should be, um, or that really caught you out, I suppose. We know your food and your water. I think that's Mm -hmm. probably a really important one. I think the recommendation I'll have is if you concentrate on having a good pace with your run. So maybe try to train to run 10K, like an hour, for example, and try to maybe do it in an hour or even 12K and have a good rhythm and be comfortable with your run. Because I think if you're very comfortable with your run, you won't find high rocks to be that difficult. Or, of course, it is challenging, but not as tough. So if you because it's all about the run at the end of the day. Even if, uh, even if you have station in between, if you're comfortable about your run, it's already seventy percent to eighty percent of the of the um, yeah. high ish. Yeah, that's about the run. Run, 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 run. So yeah, a hundred percent agree. I've heard a lot of people, some of the pro athletes, saying that if you can't run for ninety minutes, um, that you will probably really struggle to do well. You'll still get through. 
a high rocks, but you'll probably struggle to do well. The elite athletes now are running 10Ks, you know, in around yeah. 33 minutes. So they're obviously at a different level. Um, but interesting you say that I met this uh, gentleman outside the venue before we started and him and I were chatting inside and he was really afraid about the sled. He, he'd only just started to push the sled. He flew to Sydney to actually go to the city to surf the following day, 14-kilometre run. He's a runner. He was 65. He was the oldest competitor. He probably only weighed 65, 68 kilos. He was very light. And he beat me by five minutes, my time. And he could yeah. hardly move. He could hardly move the sled. He could hardly pull it and push it. Um, but his endurance base was just crazy. You know, he went the next day and ran the the um, city to surf. And he told me he runs 45 or 50 minutes for 10 k's. So um, I think you're 100 percent right. And I think that's where I got caught out. Yeah. I started to run prior to the race, but I didn't do enough. You know, much longer runs. I didn't get up to running 10 k's. I think the furthest I ran was probably eight. And that yeah. was a really hard eight k's. I remember the night I ran it over the bridge; it was um, nearly killed me. So, yeah, yeah. I think for for me, the you know the advice for that beginner is definitely get out and do your running. And even if that's a mixture of run walking, right? If you're going out for an hour and you just have to run walk for that hour to get yeah. those kilometers in your legs. Um, and I think hydration and food on the day is very important because some of those sheds, the sun when we're in Sydney that day was so hot in the shed, and I think. Um, that could be the case, you know, all around the world. You see the pro athletes, yes, it's a bit of um, uh, men with their egos, but the pros are taking their shirts off straight away because they're so wet and you're lugging around this really, you know, soaking wet T-shirt. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting sport, it's an interesting event. Well, we yes. um, maybe we, after the High Rocks in July, I think it is, June, July in Australia, that we um, we do another podcast and we talk about, how you went after your race and what what went well and what didn't go so well. Hopefully it all goes well, though. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for coming on. That's it for today. Um, have a great day and bye for now. Thank you for having me. Bye. You're